0: If the theme of this month has to do with positioning in God's plans, our position. So we're calling it rich spaces. So rich spaces. So let me tell you what we mean by rich spaces first. So our theme for this year is, uh, so I'm going to be talking about what I call God's positioning system this month, GPS. God's positioning system. So we'll we'll be looking at different aspects of it this month. But... um, Uh, our theme for the year is from John chapter 10, verse 10. I want to explain what we mean by rich spaces, right? So John chapter 10, verse 10 says, let's read together, everybody, let's go. The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but my purpose is to give them, what? So this is Jesus speaking. So Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a rich and a satisfying life, and You know, we define that rich and satisfying life as a life of quality. Let me say quality. Like a a rich and a satisfying life, a fulfilling life, a joyful life, right? A beautiful life, an abundant life, a spiritual life that is vibrant, uh, your mental health, physical, working in your purpose, alignment, just in every area. A life that is full. Abundant, overflowing, joyful. So Jesus said, That's what he brought. Basically, he came so that what the thief has stolen will be restored. What he has killed will be brought alive. And what he has destroyed can be restored. So this year, the word that came to us is this is a year, this is a, a year of rich, riches. It's a year that is rich and satisfying is a year that is what? Rich and satisfying. So, you will see that we've been working on this theme since the beginning of this year. In January, we talked about the fountain of riches, God, the focus. So, we spent time praying and fasting, tapping into that fountain. And in in, um, February, we talked about household of riches. We're talking about the community, the places, the the relationships, and the circles that God will put us, the church, uh, that contains those riches. So, this Month, we're talking about the spaces. So these are different. For the next, uh, for the 12 months, we're going to be looking at different aspects of this rich and satisfying life. And the one we're looking at this month is the aspect of our positioning in God's purpose, in God's plan, and in the place that God wants us to be. Do you guys get it? So we're talking about purpose this month. We're talking about our positioning, correct positioning, because Part of how we're going to experience that rich and satisfying life is if we are correctly positioned, if we're in the right place at the right time. So there's a whole theology of places, right, in the Bible, and I'm going to be showing you some part of it, you know, this month, just tracking through, and I believe God is going to be a blessing to you. Amen. So, Psalm 66, verse 12 is another uh, passage that we that's our passage for this month, our message, uh, sorry, our main passage for this month. My wife read a little bit about it. Uh, Psalm 66, verse 12, it says, then you put a leader over us. We went through fire and what? And flood. But you brought us to what? A place of great abundance. So this was the, this was Israel. So they were re- recounting how, you know, they were in Egypt, they were in bondage, they were in the wilderness, and all that. But then God brought them to a place. Everybody say a place, a place. of great abundance. A, yeah. So isn't that similar to what Jesus said? I have come that you might have life, and have it what <laughs> more abundantly. So it's so. I want to show you a parallel very quickly. So when you read the Old Testament, when you read the Old Testament, a lot of the things that are in the Old Testament, they are types and shadows of things in the New Testament. God is trying to communicate some things about the New Testament to us in the Old Testament. So there are certain places you see in the, in the Old Testament. So let me talk about Egypt. Egypt is the first one. So Israel was in Egypt. So Egypt, for the New Testament, Typify the place of slavery, the place of bondage, the place we were before Christ came. That's what Egypt typified. So we're under bondage. We are under the control of the devil. Pharaoh represented the devil, right? And he was controlling our lives. We were in slavery and all that. And then, so God came while they were in Egypt, and God began to speak. He spoke to Moses, right? You are seeing the type. He spoke to Moses. Moses was out there, right? He was out there in the palace, right? He was in the palace of Pharaoh, and then later to the wilderness. But God called him from there to come and take the people out of Egypt. So Moses typified what, Jesus Christ, what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. So the Lord Jesus Christ came to us, became one of us, and then took us from Egypt. Now, really, when God was taking them to Egypt, what was the destination? If you guys remember, what was the destination they were supposed to be at? The promised land, right? Why is it a promised land? Because God promised it, (laughs) right? That's why it's called a promised land. It was a land of promise. It was a land that was based on some words that God said, Right? that I, he, he promised it to Abraham before that I will take you to the promised land. I will give you this land. He told Abraham, I will give you this land, right? And he told Israel, I'm going to take you to the promised land. Now, what does the promised land represent? Canaan land. So in church history, people have represented promised land by many things. And some of it, some of those things are wrong. So for example, people have said the promised land is heaven. Like when we get to heaven, right? Have you heard songs like that? Oh, you know. You know, like when I get, you know, when I cross the shores of the Jordan, and then I will get to the Canaan, and then all my troubles shall be gone. Why? They are talking about heaven. But you know that's a wrong, uh, what do they call it, typology. Why? Because in Canaan, there are giants there. There are no giants in heaven. <laughs> There's no giant to fight in heaven. When they got to the promised land, they still had to fight. There's no giant to fight in heaven. So it's wrong. So what does the promised land truly represent in the New Testament? What does it represent? The promised land, pay attention, the promised land in the New Testament represents that place where Christ, the kingdom of God, where Christ brings you to. Where you are able to fulfill your purpose and receive the promises of God for you. Can I get a big game in the house? That's what the promised land is, okay. So God takes us, and let me show you. Now, this one is not in my. um, It's not in my outline, Josh. But um, in in uh, Philippians chapter one, Colossians chapter one, verse twelve. Colossians chapter one, verse twelve. There is a. There's, there's, I want to show you something in here about how God transferred you from Egypt. In the New Testament, He transferred us. Colossians 1.12. He transferred us from Egypt and transferred us into the promised land. So let's read together. I want to go. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the iner- say inheritance. Inheritance. Inherit- to share in it. The promise, the promised land. What did they? What were they doing to the land, the promised land, when they got there? What did? What was Joshua supposed to do, to divide the land, right, for Israel? So you see, that he's using the same thing, okay? So that belongs to his people who live in the light. Then verse thirteen, verse thirteen, quickly, verse thirteen. Go to the uh, to the next verse. It says, "For he has, for he has rescued, us. rescued us from what?" Egypt. Everybody say Egypt. Egypt. <laughs> Are you following it? He has rescued us from what? And what did he do? Everybody say Canaan. Canaan. Do you get it? And he said he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness where the devil, Pharaoh, ruled. And then he transferred us into the place of God's kingdom where his son rules over us. Do you guys get the difference between Egypt and Canaan, right? Now, for the New Testament. Now, there's another place mentioned that you need to understand. So when Israel was taken out of Egypt, it was supposed to be a few days' journey to Canaan land. But it took them 40 years in another place. And that place is called the wilderness. So what is the wilderness? So we don't see the wilderness here, right? in this verse. But what does the wilderness represent in the New Testament? The wilderness in the New Testament is your journey do you get what I'm saying? Your journey from understanding what God has given given you in the promised land to experiencing it. And how long that journey is, is dependent on you. You guys get it? They could have gotten into uh, <laughs> the promised land a few days, but it took them 40 years. Why? Because they refused to let Egypt out of their mind. They kept on remembering Egypt. Oh, the food that we had in Egypt. You know, they were scared. They, could, they didn't obey God, they didn't believe God. So they couldn't get into it. So you will see a lot of believers that are stuck in the wilderness place. Not because they are not in the kingdom. But the kingdom, they are in the kingdom, right? But the kingdom is not yet in their minds. Egypt is what is still on their minds. And that's why uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Romans 12, 2, says that we should not be conformed to this world, but we should be transformed by what? The renewing of my mind. He said, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you. By what? So then you'll be able to now do what? Test and approve what God's will is. is good, pleasing, and perfect will. This tells you that believers are not always working in God's perfect will. For people that just say God, you know, they don't understand the sovereignty of God, right? And they, when, they, when they are defining the sovereignty of God, they just say everything that happens to a believer is caused by God. No, they're not reading the Bible very well. The Bible is telling us in this place that you will only be able to test and approve God's will. That is good, pleasing, and perfect will if you change the pattern of your thinking. That means you can have believers whose pattern of thinking is still Egyptian. Right? And they are in the kingdom, but they will never be able to test and approve and experience what God has for them. Right? So this is very important that you understand that we understand that just general about this placement. So you are placed, everybody say after me, say I am placed because I have received Jesus in the kingdom of God. I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness. I am now in God's kingdom. But for me, to lay hold of the promise of this promised land, I have to know the promise, and I have to renew my mind to God's pattern of thinking, to the kingdom way of thinking, so that I can be able to experience it vitally. You guys get it? So that's the journey. That's the journey. we got to get from wilderness into promise. <laughs> we don't want it to, we don't want to be, to be allocated. We don't want to spend 40 years. You know, you know the 40 years, so you know what they were just doing? <laughs> they were just going round, round, round. Can you imagine going round for 40 years? And listen, where they're going is just 14 days or so, 11 days or so. Straight, if they went straight, they would get there. But they were just going round and round. And round because they, they just refused to obey. They were scared of this one. Oh, there's a giant, a giant in the land. They're going to kill us and all that. And then God said, You know what? Huh? I don't want this merry-go-round anymore. I'm going to raise up a new generation that did not know the slavery of Egypt, that their minds are not bound to Egypt. And I'm going to take them into that place. So, everybody, touch your head. Say, I got to change this thing. <laughs> I got, I got to change it because that's, that's what's holding us down. We got to change it. So part of what we're doing is to renew, to renew our minds. Amen. So, so time and time again, I'm going back to my my outline. So time and time again, God sh- shows us in the Bible the importance of of places, the importance of places, of people, and of task part time in our lives. So, God constantly shows us why it's important for us to be aligned with his timing to be correctly positioned in life. Amen. So, what I want to show you, I want to show you three things today um, as an introduction to what we're going to be doing this month. Amen. The first thing I'm going to be talking about today is we're going to be reading a bunch of Bible passages. Please get ready. Amen. Are you ready? So the first, my first point today, if you have your outline, you can write It's the truth about positioning or the truth of positioning. The truth. Everybody say the truth of positioning. If you like, you can say the theology of positioning. The truth of positioning or the theology of positioning. I want to do a quick biblical theology of places and, you know, like God moving people. And they will bring out some points from there. So... Are you ready to read the Bible with me? Are you guys ready? <laughs> oh, yes. I like that. Everybody. Oh. <laughs> Genesis 2. Let's start from Genesis 2. The theology or the truth of position. Genesis 2, starting from verse 17. Let's, let's read the Bible together, everyone. All right. One, two, let's go. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the bread of life into his man's nostril, and the man became. Everybody pay attention. So man was created. What is the first thing? Watch it. What is the first thing that God did after man was created? Watch verse 2. The second verse, verse 8. Let's see what's the first thing. 1, 2, let's go. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he did what? The first thing that God did after creating mankind was to place, to position. We're talking about God's positioning system. Was to position? There's no way, you see? So God planted a garden. So this, this tells you that before, you know, God created these before the man. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, he planted the garden. He now put what? The man in there. Please, there's a very important principle in here. Everything, everything that is going to come out of your life for the kingdom of God, your potential, is only going to be able to come out when you are placed and planted in the place that God wants you to be. You have to be placed. This man will not fulfill, his man will not fulfill his full potential plus. Exp, exp, Except it was in the place in understand where the God who made him wanted him to be and that point in time it was Eden. What is Eden? Eden means delight. It was the place of God's presence. It was the place where God was administering the earth, the heavens and they earth merged together in that place and God was administering the earth. the host of heavens were there. the, the divine council was there. Amen. That was where and God will fellowship with man in the cool of the day. Your natural habitat for fulfillment of your purpose, for maximizing your life, is in the placement of God, is in the presence of God, is in that place. So ask yourself that question. It's very important that am I placed? <laughs> Amen. Notice that it was God that, 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 that planted the garden, and it was also God that placed him. He didn't place himself. We don't place ourselves. As much as I love Lagos, I enjoy Lagos, like preaching in Lagos. (laughs) Sometimes I enjoy preaching in Lagos more than I enjoy preaching in Chicago. But I'm placed in Chicago for the the past 21 years or so. Placed in Chicago. Right? Placed. Placed. (laughs) So you stay there. In the garden where he has planted. Well, are you are you guys following? Yes. Let's read on. The Lord God made, oh my I love, you know, later we're gonna see the you know the benefit of being placed. But let's read, you know, start seeing it. One, two, let's go. The Lord God made all sorts of trees to grow up from the ground. Trees they were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he what placed A tree of life and a tree of the knowledge. You see place again being repeated. He placed, he placed, he placed. Amen. Verse 10. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing into four branches. The first branch called the pison flowed around the entire land of Avila where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptional. Oh, my God, exceptional. Be outstanding. Amen. Glow church. Be what? <laughs> <laughs> outstanding. Exceptionally pure. Aromatic resin and honey stones are also found there. The second branch, called the Gion, flowed around the entire land of Kush. The third branch, called the Tigris, or Tigris flowed east of the land of Ashur. The fourth branch is called the Euphrates. Read verse 15 very loud. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Now, you already you guys are already seeing some of the manifestation of being placed by God. You are seeing trees that are blossoming, you are seeing rivers that are flowing. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are seeing exceptional gold. You are seeing all those stuff. Right? This is First principle, you see, when you are reading, I love Genesis so much. In fact, I'm writing books on Genesis right now. I think by, by, yes, by the time I'm done, I'll have like seven books on Genesis alone. Genesis contains principles that carry through the Bible because it's talking about the beginning. It's talking about the mind of God at the beginning. When God places, he creates the place then he places the person and in the place that he places the person he makes sure everything that that person needs to thrive is there it's there there's a river flowing there amen there is gold in there there is be- there are beautiful stuff there there are trees in there that are planted there are fruit in there everything is in there amen that's god's placement Whoa. So all I just need to do is to find his placement. <laughs> That's all. Do you get what I'm saying? I just need to find where he has placed me, because in there, everything is in there. I oh, allow him to bring you. Yes, instead of fighting it, exactly. You see, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna see it. We're gonna see. It. So, so the first, so the first way that God does does it. If you look at point number one, let me. You know, what, let's let's read the passages first. Oh, Joshua, can you go to point 1? You know what? Let's read all the passages for that. I'll give you the summary of everything. Are you ready? So let's go to the next one. Um, Genesis 12 from verse 1 to 9. Genesis 12 from verse 1 to 9. Placement. 1, 2, let's go. The Lord God said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relative, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. First of all, even just looking at this, go back to verse 1. Just looking at it, the Lord said to Abraham. You know, by the time God was done with him, it was Abraham. But when it started, it was Abraham. If you are in a place, in one place, and you are a kind of a person, when God moves you, when God tells you to move to a place, you understand? <laughs> you are becoming Abraham. He went from an exalted father to father of nations. By obeying the placement. Leave! That's a placement word. (laughs) Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will show you because I have prepared it for you. I will be the one that will show you. Let's go on. Let's go on. Verse verse 2. The next verse. Let's read. One, two, let's go. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Verse 5, I love that. Everybody read together. So Abraham departed as the Lord God had instructed. Lot was smart. Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years when he left Haran. Do you know that if Abraham had not moved from Haran to that land, the, that promise will never have been fulfilled? The promise was conditioned on him leaving and moving. Let me say it this way there are certain things that are conditioned on you being placed where God intends you to be. There are certain things that are conditioned on that, on being accurately placed. Now, you will see that some of those things, uh, we're going to talk more about it, but you will see there, God says nations are going to be blessed through you, other people are going to be blessed through you. So there are certain things that are connected to your correct placement. In your own life, in the life of other people, and even in the generations after you, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Are you following? If we didn't move from the north side, that was a move of God, right? You won't be sitting here. Yeah. I wouldn't know you. Yeah. You get saying so. There are things connected to placement. Yeah. There are things that are connected to what to placement. All right? Are you guys enjoying this Bible study? Yes. All right. Good. Let's, let's read the next one. Exodus 3, 7 to 9. Exodus chapter 3. Let's read it together. 1, 2, let's go. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. Verse 8. I'm aware of their suffering. Verse 8. So I have come to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians, and I will to their own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hamorites and the Perisites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and all the demons now occupy. <laughs> Are you following? I'm g- giving you t- New Testament translation. God says, God says, I'm, go- I'm going to lead you out from one place and I will lead you to another place that is flowing with abundance. And meek and honey. Somebody say, God, lead me, God, lead me. To, my to my place. Say it again. Say, Lord, Lord lead, me lead me to my place. When you are led out of the place, it says when they were led, He said abuse is going to stop. He said their, 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 their oppression is going to stop. Their slave masters will no longer rule over them. All those things are going to stop just because of a change of positioning. Amen. Just because of a change of positioning, certain things are just, will just stop. That's so powerful. Just by change of place, experiences change. Are you following? Deuteronomy 8, from verse 7 to 10. I told you I'm going to do a quick biblical theology. Let's go. Are you ready? For, let's read together, I want to go. For the Lord your God is you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It's a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, pomegranate, olive if you want to know what to eat, just you know, go go back. In case you are trying to find out what to eat that is healthy for you, just go to this one. It was a wheat, <laughs> barley, grapevines, fig trees, pomegranate, <laughs> olive oil, and honey. Amen. <laughs> All right, then. A land. Read. Want to go? A land where food is plentiful, and oh my God, and nothing is lacking. It's a land where the iron is common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. My Lord, I love. God says, I'm moving you to that place. Wow, I just saw, even Glow Church, I just saw something, I'm just going to declare, I just saw Glow Church being moved to a place where everything is set up. <laughs> 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 and Peter does not have to, or oh, Kevin, he do not have to go carry nothing. I prophesied right now where the choir is set up, where the you know the guest is set, the guest team is set up, where the children church is set up, where the media team is set up, where the I mean everything is set up, and there's no lack of nothing. He said, "I am go- I'm moving you." This is where it started. He said, "I am bringing you, I am bringing you." Somebody say, "I am being brought." Say it boldly, "I am being brought." Into this land of abundance that God is talking about now. That rich and satisfying place of purpose and destiny that God has prepared for me. Glow Church is being brought to that rich and satisfying place that God has prepared for us, where everything that is needed to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to Chicagoland is present nothing is lacking amen woo love it i love it now the one we're going to read right now is painful this what i want to show you right now is what happens when you are misplaced <laughs> ruth chapter 1 verse 1 yeah ruth chapter 1 starting from verse 1 let's read it together in the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left, 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 left. Let me tell you something. Famine or some things not having come together is not present. is not always a sign that you are in the wrong place. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not always a sign. So you've got to be sensitive. Do you get what I'm saying? These people, you know what Bethlehem is? So a man from Bethlehem, you know what Bethlehem means? Beth, oh yeah, 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 we have a Hebrew, <laughs> Hebrew scholar here, right? Bethlehem means the house of bread. Wow. Yeah. you <laughs> You like, you're like it means, yeah, it means the house of bread. So listen, there was farming in the house of bread. Wow. 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 <laughs> there was farming in the house. And you see, the, the days, you know, why, why was it in the days where the judges ruled? There was so many things. Everybody did what was right in their own eye. Israel wasn't submissive so, so to God. So there was farming in the house of bread. Listen, sometimes you are in the house of bread. You are in the place of where God wants you to be. But certain things are happening that do not allow you to walk in the fullness of what is there. The goal then is not to move from the place, right? The goal is to find out from God, what is it that I need to do in Bethlehem to be able to bring back bread? Yeah. Yeah. So look at what happens. There was famine in the house of bread. So this man left. You know, I usually say, whenever I talk to single people here, I always tell them. I say, please make sure when you want to get married, especially women, make sure you find somebody who is going to be sensitive to God. Make sure you marry somebody who can obey God, because this woman called Naomi just followed her husband. That was all. <laughs> That's what she did. The husband is like, "There's family in this place. We're living." And Noam is like, okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, let's see what happened. <laughs> he said, please, what is Moab? What is Moab? Do you, do you know what Moab means? You don't know? Moab, Moab, Moab. What is Moab in Hebrew? I know that Moab was from Lot, right? Incest or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's related to incest. You know, because it was the children of Lot when their daughters, you know, slept with Lot that Moab was born. But it wasn't. It's not a good place. So, (laughs) if you get the meaning, you know that. (laughs) If somebody can find it for me on Google or something, the meaning of Moab, please shout it out. (laughs) 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 All right. So, according to grammar, the Hebrew word means bad place. (laughs) From the father, right? So it's incestual, right? Yeah. From the father. So move from the house of bread to the place of... Uh, not a good place, amen. But then he took his wife and two sons with him. Let's see what, what now begins to happen. Verse 2. Go to the next verse, please. It says, the man's name was Helimelech. I'm sure that one also has a meaning. Eli, Malek, you know, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malon and Ah. These names are so powerful. I think I wrote something on this name somewhere. Something in one of one, one something that I wrote in one of the books. Sickness and frailty or frailty or something. Yeah, I wrote about it in one of my devotionals. Frail, sick. So listen. When you are out of place, oh, my God, frailty, sickness, all kinds. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. This is praise. This one means praise. They came from the place of praise. Amen. When they reached Moab, they settled there. They didn't even just go, let's say, let's guess, they settled. (laughs) They settled there in Moab. Mm. Then it begins, verse 3. It begins, verse 3. Then Elimelech died. And Naomi was left with her two sons. But remember the name of the two sons. Sickness. Sickness. <laughs> <laughs> verse 4. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Oprah. And the other a woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, they both died. Verse, verse 5. Both Mylon and Chilion died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or husband. What, how is our restoration going to come? Watch. And how is the restoration of Ruth, who was one of the Moabites, going to come? Naomi heard while she was in the incestuous land that the Lord had blessed his people in praise by giving them good crops again. Heard that the place where they left, the house of bread, the house of praise, that God was flowing there. And she was like, ah, oh, wrong place. <laughs> so Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab and to return to her homeland. She was, she was going to change her space. Listen, if you find yourself in, this, in that space, change. Move. Don't stay there. Don't settle there. Shift. Based on what God is telling you to do, shift. Amen. Verse 7, quickly. With our two daughters-in-law... She set out from the place, it was a place where she had been living. And they took the road that would lead them back to praise. They were going back. They shifted their position, they shifted their their place. They repositioned themselves. They started to move, but one of them went back. Verse 8. One of the, she talked, you know, I don't want to take too much time. She talked to them. My daughter, like, go back to your mother's home. May the Lord reward you for your kindness and all that. But one of them eventually said, he said, I, I'm not going to leave you. Her name was Ruth. And she followed her back to that place. And she changed her place. Naomi changed her place. Ruth changed her place. And they, represent, they, they experienced the restoration of God. And Ruth became one of the four. One of the, uh, she became the grand, the great grandmother of David, because he shifted. The other one, Oprah. That was the last time you heard about her. Anybody <laughs> hey, say shift? Yeah. Placement is important. Yeah. Don't joke with it. Can I get an amen in the house? Are you getting it? Let's do it. Let's do two from the New Testament, and then I'll move to my next point. Quickly. Um, Luke 4.42 to 44. I'll give you all those points in a moment from everything that we have read. Let's read together. One, two, let's go. Early the next morning, Jesus went to an isolated place. So That was a spiritual thing. The crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. <laughs> Remember when somebody was asking me, and they were asking me some questions about Pastor David yesterday about city Light and mood, that, you know, did this and all that, you know, begging you not to leave or something like that, you know? You know, you know? But he replied, I must. That's what I want you guys to ever Everybody say, I must. I must. Preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns, because that is why I was sent. The word I want you to get there is, I must. I must. <laughs> I must. There are certain places that you must be based on God's plan. That is a must. It's not a choice. It's not like, uh, it's an option. You must. (laughs) You must. Oh, my God, I don't like it. Must. My God, I prefer to be over there. Must. (laughs) Yes, you must. (laughs) You must. mother, I didn't like raising up our kids with the gunshot and all that on the south side. I remember one time oh, we went, went out of our house to go to Walgreens. Like I remember one time I went one night, we went to Jackson Park to go to Walgreens, and I stepped out of Walgreens. And, I, you know, I, I went to the Walgreens in the night, and people, they were lining up there, some of those guys with gongs and gang, they were lining up there, and they came to me asking me, what, what do you have? What do you have? <laughs> I never expressed something. You remember those days? Just behind. But I remember when God said, move over there and be there for about six or seven years, right? You hear gunshots, that's where our kids were. You hear gunshots, you see, all those, whatever. But God said, be there, because I want you to establish something in that place. Yeah, so it's not always what you want. I moved from a, I moved, we moved from a very nice house in the suburb, very, very nice house in the suburb. I said, go into the city. And that's where I met Pastor David. Amen. Please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, are you guys following me? Jesus said, I must. I'm just telling you that there are certain things that you must do. Yeah. It's not necessarily based on your natural preference. It's what it tells you to do. The final one, Acts of the Apostles 16, 6 to 10. Now, let's see how placement so this one shows, sometimes we have our own, this is what I like to do, I know that. look at it. Let's read together, I want to go. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Pragya and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had what prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. So they wanted to go into Asia, Holy Spirit said, no, you're not going to Asia, <laughs> this is where you need to go. Look at the next verse. And they tried another one, verse seven. Then, coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. Ah, I'm going to be in all these places next week. Some of these places, you know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to be there. I'm going to Cyprus. <laughs> no, look at, look at it. Verse seven. said, but again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Everybody said, they did not allow them to go there. So <laughs> they there. said, again, they did not allow them, they allow them to go there. I hope you guys are getting the revelation. I want to go there. Holy Spirit said, no, don't go there. So I had this, um, you know, just I like to give illustration. So there were certain things I used to do when I was on the south side, like that had to do with the city. Chicago Chicagoland United, a lot of those things. I used to be in meetings, CCDA, try to do whatever. So I just noticed at a particular point, the passion for it lifted from me. And I know I work by passion. So the passion lifted. And instead, God put a passion for nations on me. Right? So I had to step out of it. But of course, when you step out of something, God has already prepared other people. So people like Pastor Olu on the south side and all that picked up those things, peace, and they were, they're doing it. So yesterday there was a mandate, and there was a building block of peace, right, taking place at the same, at the same time. Hmm. And then I just looked at it, I was like, wow, I had no, I knew, I knew clearly that mandate was what I was supposed to do, and not be in there. I'm just giving you an example of how the Holy Spirit will say, don't. Sometimes I want to do some things, like be in some meetings that I used to be before, and the Spirit of God will say, no, Rather, do this. Focus on this. Are you following? Yeah. The Holy Spirit can tell you. The Holy Spirit told me, my wife knows. The Holy Spirit told me I was in Kansas City. Kansas City for Jesse's tournament. And I was there. I traveled, right? So I, I was watching the City Light Church. I was still preaching on the south side of the City Light Church. And I was watching the service. And the Spirit of God says, when you get to Chicago, I don't want you there anymore. And I don't want you to preach there on the Sundays. Focus on what I've told you to do on the north side. But remember, baby? I texted Pastor Omar. <laughs> said, <laughs> say I'm not coming. <laughs> say, I'm not coming on Sunday again. That was when say, I'm not coming again. Don't don't I want to I want to be there until God says now do Holy Ghost night, do this and do that. But it's not what you want. He said the Holy Spirit will not allow them. Because he has a plan for his church. Amen. It's like a master chess player, and you are just pieces on the thing. And if he moves you, if he says he moves you here as a chess, chess piece, you can't say, I don't want to move. You have to follow that. Yeah. And some people, they will be struggling. Oh, yeah, I want to go. You know, this is where I want to be. You know, and this and that. It's okay. Matru- levels of maturity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me I have to be clear. If you know, like if it is cl- clear to me, I'm going there no matter how I feel or the attachment that I have. I have to follow God. Because He's in charge of my life. Wow, did anybody get blessed with that? That's a full message already. So point A, let's quickly do it. Point A and I'll finish. Point A. God God, not we choose the right place. God, not we, choose the right place, if you're right. And point number two, God, oh, sorry. Something is wrong with that. Places call. God, OK, yes, correctly. God either places calls, leads, sends, or keeps us in the right place. So there are different ways he gets us in the right place. Either it will place us there. Some people are born there, right? He said he placed Adam there. So either he places you there, Or some other people, like Abraham, he calls you there. Or some other, like he said, he said, I will lead you there. Like two different circumstances. You just meet this person, and you meet that person, and you meet that person. You just find yourself in a place. I'm just showing the different ways that God gets you into the place. And then sometimes he will send you there. Or he will keep us in a place that we want to live. So you see, that, you see how God does it. Yeah. And then the next one, it's a must. It's a must. I've already explained all this. It's a what? Verse uh, number C. It's a must to be in the right place. Yeah. Jesus said, I must preach to the other cities also. It's a must. And then number th- the next one, a challenging space is not necessarily the wrong place. The place where you are facing challenges is not necessarily the wrong place. In fact, you see that one of the blessings of a place is that you also face persecution. There you will see it in a moment. <laughs> Amen. And then, not every space we desire to be is right for us. Not every space that we desire to be is right for us. And finally, it's dangerous to be out of place. <laughs> I'm sorry, from Naomi. It's dangerous to be What? To be had a place. Let's do it quickly. Uh, I'll finish it. Point number two. Point number two. The types of positioning. This one is very short. So the types of positioning. So the first one is the truth or theology of positioning. The second one is the types of positioning. So there are two types of positioning. Two main types of positioning. The first one is internal positioning. Internal positioning. So this is talking about your... So this, please pay attention. This is extremely important. So you can be in the, in the correct place physically, but you are not in the right place internally. You can be in the right place externally, but not in the right place what? Internally. So what do you need to do at that point? Change your internal positioning. Right? So look at some scriptures that talk about this internal positioning. The first one is Psalm, Psalm, 1, Psalm 91. One, two, let's go. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him. I put my trust. So he's talking about, later he says, because you have made the Most High your habitation, you understand, your dwelling place, therefore this will happen. So this is, this is talking about internal positioning. This has to do with faith. This has to do with praise. This has to do with spiritual alignment. This has to do with mental alignment. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Internal positioning. Another passage there uh, in the Psalms, it says, Paul, uh, uh, so Peter, uh, sorry, what's his name? David calls it, you are my hiding place. Look at that passage there. It says, it says God is my hiding place. The next one, my, hide, my hiding place. One, two, let's go. For you are... My hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with stru- you know it's, to- it's not talking about it's not talking about a physical place here. When it says my hiding place, it's talking about a spiritual place inside of you, a place that you get to. A place rock of ages, is clapped for me. Let me hide myself in thee. You understand? It's it's like it's a place in God, it's a place of, of faith, it's a place of trust, it's a spiritual place, it's a place in the spirit. That you are in. So for, you, for me, let me tell you, for whenever you are beginning to look at placement, like whether I'm correctly placed, this is the first place you need to check. Not the external one. Because if you are in the right external place and you are not in the right internal place, you are still not going to walk in the fullness of it. So you check the internal positioning first, right? Then the, sep- the second type of positioning is external. External positioning. External positioning—that's point number two. There, I point number B. There, external positioning. External. That has to do with, you know, location, geography, vocation. You know, like you know, work and all that. External, external things that you need to shift. Right. Look at, at an example of external positioning. Joseph in the in the, Joseph, um, in the story. Please go to the next uh, the next one. G- want to let go. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up! Flee from Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. This one wasn't an internal positioning. It was an external move. Do you get what I'm saying? So these are the two types of positioning. Internally and externally. So you need to pray to God to discern What shift? I'm gonna talk more about these things as we move on in the month. What 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 shift do I need to make internally or externally? Amen. Let's finish by talking about the blessing, the treats of positioning. The treats of positioning. And final final point, the treats. It's like what are the what are the wonderful things that come from being rightly positioned. What are the wonderful stuff? So we're going to read quickly. Milk and honey. The treats. You know I'm thinking of Goldie. say treats. Goldie will just <laughs> sit. Save the treat. Got it! Start running from outside to position herself to get a treat. So what are the treats of positioning? Let's read some passages. 1 Kings 17 to 2. 17 two to 9. Let's go. 1, 2, let's go. Let's do it very fast. 1, 2, let's go. Then the Lord God said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kerit Brook, near where it enters the... Go to. That's a positioning thing, right? Drink from the brook and eat what the raven brings you for I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him, and he camped beside Kerith Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravines brought him bread, and meat each morning and evening. And he drank from the... Oh, so you see, morning and evening, so don't eat you know, two times a day. You know, not three square men, you know. <laughs> but after, what? A while, the brook dried up. And there was no rainfall, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Then verse 8... Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath. near the city of Sidon i have instructed a widow there to feed you. Look at, guys, look at me. Two times that God took care of Elijah, told him to shift his position, right? But what did he use to feed him? A raven. They said the raven is the most selfish bird. It's the most selfish bird. In other words, the raven doesn't share his food. But that's the one that God was using to bring food to Elijah morning and evening. <laughs> and then you, you, God tells him to go to another place. God didn't say go to the palace. Go to a widow. A widow that only had little food. Enough for, that was not enough for her and her child. Because when Elijah gets there, the, woman, the widow said, this is all I have. When I finish this one, we're all going to die. But God says that because she obeyed God. God supplied for her, her child, and Elijah. For us, throughout the famine, that even when our son died, Elijah prayed for the son, and the son rose up. What is the lesson that we can learn from this place? When you beg God, uh, there's a place called there, and when you are there, the provision of God is there. Yes. Yeah. It's there. Even the ravens will bring you food. Do you get what I'm saying? The widows will will bring you food. things. God will move the weather. God will move things to, to get you provisions when you are in the right place. Let's read the next one. Matthew 10, 5 to 19. One, two, let's go. Let's read together. One, two, go. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or to the Samaritans. You see, that's positioning again. Don't go. Some people think that everywhere they want to go, that's where they should go. Do you get what I'm saying? They think God anywhere that you just feel like going, that's where you should go. There are places that God will say, don't go. Don't go. So God doesn't just say go. He also says don't go. But only to the what? The people of Israel. God's lost sheep. As at that time. Because it was not time for the Gentiles, right? Verse verse 8. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. So in the place where you are going, there are assignments, the place where God wants you to be, there are assignments for you to fulfill there. There are people in there that God wants your life to touch. In that place. Verse 8. Then look at what happens: heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. There's power in the place. <laughs> There's power. When you are positioned, you begin to flow in the power that is beyond yourself. There's power in the place. Let's read verse 9. Verse 9. Don't take any money in your money belt. No gold, silver, or even copper coins. Verse 10. Verse 10. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes or sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who walk deserve to be fed. There's provision in the place. There's provision in the place. Woo! And then later it talks about harmless as doves and all that. Don't be afraid of them because God is going to protect you. There's protection in the place. Let's read the final one. Genesis 26, the final passage for today. Genesis 26, from verse 1 to 6. 1 to let's go. A famine now struck the land, as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar, where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. Verse, Verse, the next one. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, don't go. I'll tell you that there's a lot of don't go. Paul experienced it. They don't go to Egypt. Abraham went to Egypt, right? And you know what happened there? That's when he lied and compromised. They said, don't go to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Everybody say, do as he tells you. What should he do? Stay in the land, verse 3. You know, stay. Live here. Live here as a foreigner in this land. And I will be with you. And I will bless you. I hereby confirm that I will give you all this land to you and your descendants. Just as I solemnly swore to your father, Abraham. Verse 4. Quickly, let's, let's roll it fast. I will cause your descendants to become as numerous. Listen, there's something about your place that goes beyond you, that goes to the next generation. I want you, I hope you guys are getting this thing. There are some things happening in your life right now that you think is just about you. No, it's not just about you. It's about some people that are coming from you. It's not just about now. Don't just look at now. I'll give them all this land, and through your descendant, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So it's not just about, see, it's not just about that place too. It's about more than that place. But you've got to be in that place to be able to reach those places. It's not by being everywhere. See, it's by being in the place. There's a place called there. And when you are there, everything is there. You'll be blessed. Woo! My God. So look at what happened to him. Let's, let's jump to verse, um, verse 12. Verse 12 says... Well, so Isaac stayed there, so he obeyed, right? Verse 12 says, When when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants, that the Philistines became jealous of. So persecution is waiting there too, because of the blessing. But God blessed him because he obeyed and stayed in the place. So let's look at it. What are the the blessings? What are the treats? Number one, there's purpose in your space. Point number one, purpose in your space. If you're writing, purpose in your space. In other words, when you are in that place, right, there's a purpose where God wants you to be there. Do you get what I'm saying? The next one, there's provision in your space. When you are in that space, all the provisions are there. Don't worry. If it seems that it's it's not, you are not seeing it. No, the provision is there. God just needs to open your eyes to see it. Do you get what I'm saying? It is there. It is there, the provision in the space. There are people in your space. There are people in that space that God wants you to touch. There are people in that space that God wants you to meet. There are people in that space, right, that God wants you to join in life with. Are you following? Oh, my God. There's power in your space. There is persecution in your space. But while the persecution is going on, there's protection in your space. There's protection in your space. Last one. Protection in your space. Amen. It's there. Those are the treats of the space. So what do you need to do? Check your internal positioning. Let God lead you in your external positioning. And while you are there, look for this. Why am I here? Focus on that purpose. What is there for me to meet my need? Find it. Pray, and I'll tell you the next step for, to do that. What are the people there? Let me get to know them more. Let me get to know these people more. Amen. There's power in your space. Let me tap into the power that is available for this space. There are persecution in this space. Yeah, it's part of this, because, it, you know, let me tap into it. Let me grow in the persecution. Or there's protection in the space, too, to protect me. Tap into that. That's what is there for you. A, B, C, the next steps. What should you do with this message? A B C the first one. Hey, a certain. A certain. Ask God to help you. A certain. Yeah. Ask God to help you discern your current place. To see your alignment. You know, just pray. That's prayer, Lord. I'm where I'm right now. Just help me. Help me to be spiritually, internally, externally. Lord, am I in the right space? i might like, just pray. Pray in the Spirit. And then be, be aware. Be aware. Become more and more sensitive to the truth of where God wants you to be. Don't just move. Don't just go anywhere. Don't just do anything. Be sensitive to God. Do you get know what I'm saying? I was supposed to go to Cameroon after Cyprus. After Cyprus. And then I've been wrestling in my spirit, wrestling in my spirit, wrestling in my spirit. I finally blotted it out. I said, I'm only going to go to Cyprus, but I'm not going to go to Cameroon. Rather, I'm going to send people in there. And there's a reason why God wants that to happen. Maybe God wants to expose them. Maybe, you know, even one of the persons that were flying in from another country to go there, just, ah, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for believing in me. Maybe that's God wants that. Because they're expecting me to be there in the nation, right, to come and do it but rather we're sending someone from here and bringing other people to fly to meet the person in there because I just don't feel I'm supposed to be there now. I'm supposed to be here to plan Easter with Glow Church. Are you following? Be aware. Be, please, be aware. And then C, Cooperate. Cooperate. Be yielded enough to fully align with where God wants you to be. Don't struggle. Just yield. Thanks for listening to the Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.